Good morning, everybody. Welcome to you. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Yeah, we're in the middle of a sermon series now entitled What God Expects of Everyday People. We're talking about the Ten Commandments, so grab your Bible and, uh, and, and turn with me. We've been talking about the Ten Commandments. I've told you several times about how the commandments sort of fall loosely into two different divisions or categories. The first table, it's sometimes called, uh, regulates our relationship to the Lord God, right? And then the last section of the commandments, the last part, the commandments regulate our relationship with each other, other people, right? But today we start the fifth commandment, which in some ways makes that turn toward relationships with other people, because the fifth commandment talks about our relationship with our father and mother, our parents, But I just want you to notice something interesting here, because scholars who are trying to divide the commandments into these two sections are never really in complete agreement as to whether the fifth commandment with your parents goes with the top commandments regulating your relationship to God or the bottom commandments regulating your relationship with people. Now, it's obvious why some people would say that it should go with relationship with other people, because your parents are people. Now, when you're a kid, it's hard to really recognize that. You don't think of your, I mean, honestly, you don't think of your parents as people. Your parents aren't people, like human. I mean, you know what I mean? You just sort of take your parents for granted. You don't even imagine them as being individual human beings with uh, feelings and thoughts and dreams and preferences. You, you know, you just never really imagine that your parents are full-blown human beings, but, but they are. And so for that reason, most of the time people assume that the fifth commandment goes with all the other commandments that pertain to relationship with other people. But notice verse 12, the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, then you will have a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It's that reference to the Lord your God that it has in common with the top four commandments. Thou, you know, so have no other gods before me. You shall ob- ob- observe the Sabbath, keep it holy. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. All of the top commandments make direct reference to the Lord your God. So the fact that the commandment about your parents makes a direct reference to the Lord your God, not only that, but it connects the way God's blessings flow into your life connected to the way you treat your parents. So there are many who say this fifth commandment actually goes with the top ones. This is another commandment that's talking about your relationship with God, but it is enfleshed in the way that you treat your parents. So I don't know. I see it both ways. I think that it absolutely can go both ways, and I'm sympathetic with with those on, on both sides. But I think what you have to realize, the basic principle, no matter which way you classify it, The fifth commandment reminds us that the way you treat your parents is something that God takes personally. The way you treat your parents is something that God takes personally, and very importantly, because it's here at the top of the Ten Commandments. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, how many of you are memorizing? Yeah, not a lot of enthusiasm there with your memory work. You can do it. We've got weeks to go, you guys. I'm working on it. I'm getting kind of bogged down in the, in the commandment about not making images because that just goes on and on. For, like, I could shorten that, Lord, if, if you needed me to. There's just a lot there. And then the one on the Sabbath, those are long passages to remember. But we got time, y'all. Let's work on it. Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to read all the Ten Commandments, and then we'll come back and talk about the Fifth Commandment today. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. Then God gave the people all these instructions. 
I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters, your your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord God made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in it. But on the seventh day he rested. This is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. All right, fifth commandment, verse 12. Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Let's talk about that one. Let's talk about it. Before we discuss what the fifth commandment requires of us, let's just look back a little bit and think exactly about what a family is and what God expects out of us in relation to those we call family. Uh, it's really interesting. It's interesting how in this commandment in particular, we're not commanded to love our parents, which is interesting. You would think that that would be the command, that, that love is, is the highest debt that you owe to your parents. But honestly, that's not exactly the way God has structured the, the family. It's honor that is commanded. It's, it's honor. So somebody's going to say, why should we honor our parents? I mean, I mean, exactly why? Why? And somebody else will say, well, you should honor your parents out of gratitude. You should show them gratitude because, after all, they brought you into the world. I mean, they brought you into the world. They gave you life. So if they never gave you anything else, literally, if they never gave you anything else, they gave you life. You, you, you live. You're here because of a mom and a dad. And so for that reason, if they never did anything else for you, you should be grateful because they gave you life. So be grateful. Now, the problem with saying that we should honor our parents because, because you know, we should be grateful, honor them out of gratitude, is simply you know, like whoever would say that has probably never spent a lot of time with kids. Are kids grateful? No, no, kids are ungrateful. It is a kid's full-time job to be ungrateful. 
That's just how it is. Because they take it all for granted. They just do. You did too when you were little. You took it all for granted. You were just born with these parents who provided for your needs. They just always provided. You've had food on the table. You've had clothes on your back. You've had a roof over your head. And you've just always taken it for granted. And it's impossible to be truly grateful for anything or anybody that you take for granted. And we all take our parents for granted. And so for that reason, gratitude is just not something that a lot of children feel. It comes later. It comes later. Later in your life, later when you understand more of what your parents went through, more of what it meant to provide for you. As you get older yourself, probably as you have your own ungrateful children, you begin to develop a little more gratitude for your parents. But to say that you owe them honor out of gratitude, I just don't really know if that's going to get you anywhere. And it's actually not exactly the biblical principle here. So let's talk about it. Why should you honor your parents? You owe your parents honor because God gave them, say the word, authority. Yes, you didn't even like to say it. You owe your parents honor because God gave them authority. Authority is the backbone of family life. Honestly, I struggled with even writing that. I struggled with putting that in the sermon Because there's a part of me that thinks, really? Authority is the backbone of family life? Because there's so much more that that, that it would seem would be important in your family. I mean, love, for example. I mean, most of you would say, no, Pastor Tim, love is the backbone of family life. Well, I know why you would want to say that. But I also would just have to say that love characterizes a lot of human relationships, you know, our, our church family is a different kind of family that's, that's, that's you know, just united in, in love. So love isn't what makes a family unique in, in a biblical worldview. It's not love because love is, is sort of you know, a, a part of our lives with, with all people. So what is it that makes a family structure? What is it that God created when he created a family? Well, he created a, an authority system. God gave your parents authority over you, and that's why you owe them honor. They have authority over you. Oh, I I know. Some of us are allergic to that word. I I mean, honestly, in our culture today, people don't like authority of of any kind. I mean, we literally have people in our society who who would dismantle all systems of authority. They just don't trust authority. They don't want anybody telling other people what to do or how to think. And I'm just trying to help you understand. I'm not talking about like authoritarianism. I'm not talking about somebody who just wants to manipulate and control people. That's not godly. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about authority, godly authority, and it's something that God has uniquely given parents in the lives of children, and that's why we owe them honor. So say a word first to parents. How does this work? What exactly does this authority look like, and where does it come from? How does it work? Well, I'll just start with this one principle right here. You ready? Talking to parents. God comes first, not your children. God comes first. This is where we begin in talking about what it means to be a parent, what it means to be a parent worthy of honor, for that matter. It starts here. The priority relationship in your life is not your children, it's the Lord. You think, Pastor Tim, you don't understand. I've I've, I've got children. I have to take care of my children, and I hope you do take care of your children. 
There are Sundays around here where one or, you know, we we got families that will get in the car, drive off, and leave their kids here. It happens. The DeVries have done it several times. We just look up, and there's Chaser Mason, and and I'm always a little bit amazed. It's like, man, it took y'all a long time, you know, before you missed them, you know, but they've always come back for them. So far, they've always come back for, for, for their boys. I mean, you got kids, so yeah, I know that you want to pay attention to and take care of your kids. The families in this church are marvelous families, but, but I'm still telling you, God comes first. God comes first, not your children. Your life is not to be a child-centered life. It's to be a God-centered life. Your marriage is not to be a child-centered marriage. It's to be a God-centered marriage. Understand, God comes first. God comes first. This is the beginning of parenting. You have to have your relationship with God together. You have to make sure that you know who the Lord is and know who you belong to, and you got to make sure that you find everything that you need in Him. Your needs are to be met in your relationship with the Lord. Not other people, not anybody else, the Lord. Your identity comes not from being a mama, not from being a wife, from being a daughter of the Lord. You belong to the Lord. You're you're redeemed. It's because of Jesus. Your identity comes from Christ, from the Lord. Your needs are met in the Lord. And you have needs. I have needs too. We all want to be loved. You need to find your need for love satisfied in the Lord. Understand? You, You have needs for affirmation and attention and all of that. Understand? This need for acceptance that you have. It's, it's got to be met in the Lord. The Lord affirms you. He accepts you. By the blood of Jesus, you're accepted. You're welcome. You're his son. You're his daughter. You understand? All of your needs have to be met in the Lord. Because if they're not, the moment that doctor lays this precious bundle of joy in your arms, it's going to mess you up. Because all of a sudden, you're looking in the eyes of this baby who just loves you. They just love you instantly. Parents are just loved by their children. That baby just knows your voice, knows the warmth of your hands. I mean, that baby just loves you. And that unconditional love is intoxicating. It's wonderful. But I want you to understand, your need for love, your need for affirmation, all of your needs, they have to be met in the Lord. That baby is not created to meet your needs. That's not what the child is for. That's not what she's for, not to meet your needs. You say, well, Pastor Jim, you don't understand. My son is my best friend. Okay, um, I love the fact that you and your son are close. I, I do, but, but your son is a toddler down there in the nursery. Right, right now, he's filling his diaper. That's your best friend. Because if that's your best friend, dude, you know, there are some needs in your life that you need to get met with the Lord in the only way that the Lord can meet your needs because that little boy was not created just to be your best friend. See, this is the thing. Parents often receive their children, but, but the parents themselves are just so needy. They're not ready. I guess in some ways none of us actually is ever completely ready to parent. But, but I'm just saying it begins with just understanding that God comes first. You get your needs met in him. You, you cannot expect the child to meet your needs. This is why there's so many parents, so many parents who never tell their child no. Never. 
Like, not going to tell them no, but because that, it's going to hurt little precious's feelings. You don't want to hurt their feelings. Some, there are parents, literally, and y'all know I'm telling you the truth. There are parents who will not tell their child no because they can't, they wouldn't be able, the parent wouldn't be able to take it for a moment if they thought that kid was mad at them. Like, they don't want to make their kid mad. They don't want to hurt their kid's feelings. They don't want to disappoint them. So they never tell them no. I'm telling you, we're, we're talking about parents there who have some needs that they need to get met with the Lord because they're about to mess up a kid. You cannot expect a child to provide for your needs. Scripture says, train up a child, which tells you right you know, out of the chute right there, your job is to train them. Train up a child in the way they should go so that when they are older, they won't depart. So understand, when they're older, that's the, that's the mindset. You're always thinking about when they're older, when they're older. So everything you do as a parent, it, it's got to be anchored to that. One of these days, she's going to grow older and she's going to be out there without you. And what are you about to unleash into the world? Because, again, you, you got precious baby that you've never, ever told no to. So she goes out into the world, and nobody has ever not given her her way. She ain't going to be employee of the month anywhere. Understand? Like, if she expects everything to bend around her, like your son goes out there and nobody's ever told him no, you have just raised a monster. Because he's going to go out into the world and nobody tells him no. He's never heard no. I understand what I'm saying? I, 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 may, I may be extreme in some ways, but, but, but not too many ways. Have y'all been to Walmart? I, I mean, have you seen? Uh, there are just so many parents who obviously, obviously, they, they, they can't do this. They, they don't know. They don't know how not to expect the child to meet all their needs. And, and man, what a world of hurt they could be heading toward, them and their children. God comes first, not your child. So here you go. As a parent, you have one job. One job. I'm about to make your whole life easy. Like you thought your job was to like balance the schedule, you know, so that you can do all the activities and events and lessons so that your child, you know, can be this well-rounded adult and get into college. No. No. That is not your job. I just set you free. That is not your job. Just to balance all of the lessons and all of the stuff and all the schedule. That's not your job. You got one job, and this is it. Your job is to gradually transfer your child's dependence away from yourself. Your child is dependent. An infant is totally dependent. I mean, an infant can't, can't feed herself. She can't toilet herself. She can't dress herself. She can't do anything. So understand, in the beginning, that child is totally dependent. But your goal is to transfer that dependence away from yourself, away from yourself until it rests completely upon his wife, right? It's like, you're just going to raise this, you know, man boy, and then he's going to go out and get married, and he's going to then expect some woman to just take over where his mother left off. And I'm going to have them in my office this week, like Thursday afternoon at 2. I mean, you know, do you understand what a marriage is like when you got a guy who just expects his wife to, to, to parent him? You transfer your child's dependence away until it rests completely upon her husband. 
Okay, no, no, no. You're not raising a girl so that she can one day find her a husband. You're raising a young woman who's going to find everything she needs to complete herself in the Lord. She's not going to need a man to, to give her a name, not going to need a man to tell her who she is. I'm telling you, she's going to be completed in the Lord, and then that woman is going to go out and find a man who is complete in the Lord, and that's going to be a, a power couple right there. Th that, this is your goal. Transfer their dependence away from yourself until it rests completely upon the Lord. Transfer the dependence away from yourself. You don't want your 42-year-old son living in your house eating beans out of the can. You want to transfer that dependence. It's your only job. And you want them to depend upon the Lord, not the government, not a man, not a woman, not anybody else, depend upon the Lord. This is what adulthood is. And this is the parent's only job. So understand, God gives parents authority for that. The authority to, to fulfill their role, to do their job. You're the parent. My son's a great kid, and I love him. I love him. But there are any number of people in the world who can be his friend. And for that matter, he can find best friends all over the planet. I'm his only dad. I'm the only dad that boy's ever going to have. So, so understand, I have authority. And that's what defines our relationship. God gives parents authorities, and that is the power and the right to tell children what to do and what not to do. This is parenting. You tell them what to do and what not to do. You say, Pastor Tim, I, I don't want to be that kind of parent. I, I want to I raise my, my children to be free thinkers. I want my daughter to, to be strong and independent, and I want her to think for herself. Okay, good luck with that. Because, listen to me, you may not want to tell her what to think, but the world is lined up with people who would just love to tell your little girl what to think, and they will. They will. They will. So if you don't, understand somebody else will. It's just how the world works. It's how children work. It is your responsibility to tell them what to do and what not to do. You're not going to be perfect in this. You're going to make mistakes. I, I've made a lot of mistakes as a dad. Everybody's parents made mistakes. You know, and for the most part, kids don't get messed up because their parents make mistakes. Kids just get messed up when it turns out the parents don't really believe what they said they believed. I mean, that's where kids get messed up. Man, you get your heart right with the Lord, you use the authority God gives you, and then you train your children. It's the authority to tell them what to do, what, what not to do. It's called parenting, you all. And, and the best parents in the world, they... Uh, that they take this authority and they, they use it well to raise their children. And, and the wise children, they obey their parents. So let's talk about children then. Let's talk about children. I had a lady in the early service say, Pastor Tim, my son is coming to church next week. Could you preach this again? <laughs> yeah, I laughed too. <laughs> she said, I'm serious. <laughs> well, no, that's not how it works, but... Um, so let's talk about children. What does it mean to honor your parents? What does it mean to honor your parents, your mother and your father? Now, the Old Testament word, the Hebrew word for honor, it, it's a word that means to weigh. 
<laughs> so right here, think about it, like, like your mama is so big. You know, how big is your mama? Uh, we're talking about weight, uh, understanding the weight. So, but it's not physical weight. It's not really like how big is your mama. Um, it's really more about the fact that God has intended that your parents have more weight in your life. In other words, that relationship has more weight. So whatever your parents say, what they try to teach you, that should have more weight in your mind than, than, than what other people have said. The, the, the opinions, the preferences of your parents, it just has more weight. Do you understand? So this idea of showing honor means to recognize that this relationship is one that God intends to have a greater significance in your life. It's, it's weightier. Does that, does that make sense? But remember what we've been saying from the very beginning with the Ten Commandments, that the gospel of Jesus deepens and transforms what it means for us to follow these commandments. Because remember, we don't live by law, we live by grace. The Ten Commandments are not in any way a plan of salvation. So what is it that Jesus shows us, the example of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus? How does Jesus' teachings and example show us how to uh, follow this fifth commandment, what is required of us when the Lord says, honor your father and mother. So let's think about it as Christians. What exactly does that mean? I would say it this way, and it's going to sound simple. It doesn't make it easy, but it sounds simple. I think as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, if we want to honor our parents, what that means is we take everything Jesus tells you about how to treat other people. Now, Jesus has a lot to say about how we treat other people. So you take everything he says about other people, and then you apply it double to your parents. Double to your parents. Because of the special obligation that you have to honor them, whatever Jesus says you should do to other people, you should just apply that double to your parents. Got it? Does it make sense? Let's just break it down. What are some of the things Jesus tells us to do in, in the way we treat other people? Well, I mentioned that the fifth commandment doesn't necessarily say, you know, thou shalt love your mother and father, but Jesus does. Jesus does. Matter of fact, you know, as followers of Jesus, we are commanded to show the love of Jesus to everybody in the world. You with me? I mean, I mean that's Jesus. When I'm talking about the commandment now, I'm talking about Jesus. You're, you're a follower of Jesus. And because of Jesus, you're going to show everybody love. And so if you're going to love everybody, then understand you should have sort of double obligation to love your parents. You see what I'm saying? Jesus would have us love. Uh, if you look at like 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the New Testament, it's called the love chapter. It talks about how love behaves in a relationship. And, and it's beautiful. But it's also simple. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It just goes on and on and on about how love acts. And, and all of those should be qualities that reflect you in relationship with your parents. You should be patient with your parents. But patient. You should be kind. And let's be honest. A whole lot of us are kinder to total strangers. Like you go down the IGA, you know, up at Rich Pond, and you're like, hi, how do you do? You're walking through, just waving at everybody, peeling off your mask, and you're just talking, you're just, <laughs> you're just laughing, and then your mama calls you, you're like, what do you want? Y you know? It's interesting how it's easier sometimes to show kindness to people you don't even know. 
Some of you are so nice to everybody at work. But then you come home and your family gets the worst of you. See, this is not how it should be. Love is kind, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says. And so for that reason, we owe kindness to everybody. And I think we owe extra kindness to our parents because of the obligation to show them honor. Understand? 1 Corinthians 13 says, love keeps no record of wrongs. Man, there's a whole lot of people that got a lot of uh, bitterness left over with their parents. Like all the things, all the ways that your daddy failed you, all the ways your mama let you down. You know, because of Jesus, you, you're going to have to let that go. You say, Pastor Tim, you don't understand what my parents did to me. You don't understand it, and I probably don't understand. But if I understood it, it would not change your obligation to forgive. I mean, Jesus says, if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. You have to forgive. And I recognize that, that, that to forgive your parents, especially those of you who never even had the privilege of knowing who your parents are, to forgive them for that abandonment, to forgive them for, for not in, in any way seeing you as valuable. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how deep that wound goes, but I do know that you can't live your whole life with the pain of that. You've got to let that go. You just must. And, and forgiveness applies to parents too. That's what I'm saying. You don't exempt your parents from everything else that Jesus commands us to do in relation to other people. I, I, I think that actually the obligation is, is increased. You're not less obligated to show the love of Jesus to your parents. You're more obligated because of your special duty to honor them. More obligated. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are all qualities of relationship. Those should be the qualities that reflect every relationship you have with everybody on the planet. But that doesn't in any way separate your parents out from that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness faithfulness. You're not less obligated to show these things to your parents. You're, you're more obligated because of your special duty to honor them. But now before, before we call this sermon finished, um, I know that some of you are sitting right here thinking, Pastor Tim, you had good parents, and I did have good parents. My parents are right here. My mom and dad are phenomenal parents. My dad is one of the greatest men ever, and my mom is an amazing woman of God, and they've always been that in my life. And, and, and many of you know that, and so you sit there and think, Pastor Tim, if I had the parents that you have, you know, then I could probably say what you just said. And I understand. I, I understand that what I, what I have known is not something that everybody knows. I, I get that. I really do. You know, my dad used to drive me crazy with, with my curfew, you know, like 1030, you know, in Woodburn. You know, 1030 in Woodburn, which means if I was anywhere where there was fun happening, it was at least a 25-minute drive from Woodburn, you know. So I have to leave wherever I was way before the fun was over to get home. And if I was two minutes late, you know, this man who can't even stay awake in a whole episode of Gunsmoke, you know, if I'm not home, he's 
You know, where you been? You know, where you been? And, and I say that, and some of you are sitting here thinking that you would give anything ever to have come home and had somebody waiting up for you. I mean, just to be loved like that, to have anybody just care when you come or go. Some of you would just say, Pastor Tim, I'd give anything, anything to have had a daddy who would care what time I came home. So what does God expect for you? How do you show honor to parents who just aren't honorable? How do you, how do you show honor to a, to a daddy that, that has not been honorable in your life? How do you honor a mama that's not a good lady? The gospel teaches us that everything that God requires of us, he, he supplies for us. He's not going to ask you to give anything to anybody that he's not going to give to you first. And so, yeah, you're going to have to love your parents, even if they didn't love you. And that love's not going to come from them, but it's going to come from Jesus. And because it comes from Jesus, it'll flow through you, and you will find in your heart a love for them that only God could give, but God will give it. This is what God does best. So just understand, you may have to receive this love as a gift from the Lord because your parents didn't give it to you. And I'm saying God will give it to you as a gift. He'll give you that love that you need for them. Pray for it. Ask for it. That, that need to forgive them. And, and you need to forgive them. Your daddy just may not have been anything for you, but you can't spend your whole life mad about that. You, you can't spend your whole life bitter at a man that, that you, you can't go back and change it. But, but you can be free. You can be released from that bitterness and anger. You don't have to spend your life bitter. So th what Jesus is asking you to do, it's not doing them any kind of favors. You understand that he's telling you how you can be released from the pain, released from the woundedness. I mean, you can live free of all of this anger, all of this hurt. And that forgiveness that you need, it's not going to come from them. It's not going to come from you. It's going to come from the Lord. He will give you that grace and mercy to forgive. So, so you must forgive them. You just have to forgive them. This doesn't necessarily mean that you can have a close relationship with them. For some of you, a relationship with your mom or dad is just not even an option. They're not there. They never were there. Or, or maybe now they're gone. They're dead. And a close relationship may not be an option for you. And understand, God knows that. What the Scripture says is, is as long as it's up to you, live at peace with everyone. And what the Scripture's saying right there is it's not always completely up to you. But on your side of it, be at peace. On your side of it, you may never get your mama to come back to you. She may never come back and tell you she's sorry or she loves you. You may never have another opportunity to talk to her, but you can still be at peace because, because you get to decide that. On your side, you get to decide. You don't have all the choices in this. You've never had all the choices. Some of us suffer the consequences of the choices our parents made, and that's why our lives are so hard now. But I'm just telling you, you, you can't make your parents' decisions and you can't remake them. 
but you get to make your own decisions. And I'm just saying the decisions you're making right now in relation to your mom and dad, you just make them well. And you make them with a heart full of grace and mercy that comes from Jesus. You make these choices before Jesus. It's hard. Does it make sense, though? One more thing. Everybody, turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. I just want to show you this one thing, and it's not easy either. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. This is hard. Paul is writing as a pastor to a young pastor, Timothy, right? And the topic of discussion in 1 Timothy 5 are the widows in the church, because as it turns out, this little bitty church in Ephesus has widows, a number of widows that require daily care. I mean, they require, like, the, there ain't no meals on wheels in those days, understand? And so the church itself has to figure out how to take care of the widows. And Paul, in the middle of giving these instructions, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, Paul just stops and says this. Those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Now, why does Paul stop and say that right there? Because he's in a church with widows that require daily care, and all of them got kids. You know, they all got kids, grown kids. And Paul just stops right here and says what a lot of us would be thinking, and that is, you know, anybody who would let their mama just be out there and not care for her needs. Like anybody who just, you know, not take care of their mama in her old age is, is worse than a pagan. I mean, Paul says that. So no matter what, again, as, as, as much as it's up to me and you, nothing releases you from the obligation to take care of your parents when they're older. I'm not saying they deserve it. Some of your parents probably don't. You're not doing it so much because of them. You're doing it because of Jesus. You do it for Jesus. You just do it because it's the right thing to do. So it's the only commandment that actually comes with a promise attached to it, which is interesting. Honor your father and mother so that you will have a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Not just a promise, but it's almost like the, the release of blessings is somehow attached to this. God takes very personally the way you treat your parents. And what does he expect of you? Honor them. Honor your father and mother. Pray with me. God, you and you alone are the perfect Father. You are our Heavenly Father. For some of us, Lord, in this house, some in the sound of my voice, Lord, you're the only Father we'll ever know. For others of us, Lord, you may be the only faithful Father, the only one who provides, the only one who loves, the only one who accepts, who affirms, who welcomes, who loves unconditionally, Lord. It is very difficult for any of us to find unconditional love with people in this life, Lord, but you and you alone are faithful, and you and you alone give us this unconditional love. 
And because you love us so completely, because you love us so fully, and because of Jesus you poured this love out into our hearts, Lord, then we have this capacity, we have this ability, we have this obligation to love like that, to love like you, to love fully and completely, to love unconditionally, to love our parents, to love our children, to accept them, to care for them. God, nothing releases us from the obligations that the gospel brings. So Jesus, will you help us? For some of us, this is a very difficult word. For others of us, Lord, it's such a simple thing that we take it all for granted. We take our parents for granted. We take our lives for granted. We take all the great gifts of family for granted. Lord, help us all to understand that love is a precious thing, that family is an amazing gift, a, a temporary gift, Lord. We don't have each other forever. So help us, Lord, in the time we have to love each other well to honor all of those to whom honor is due. And especially, honor our fathers, our mothers. We pray these things in the name of Jesus.